discovered four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, ever Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Gadget Cast. We got a jam-packed show for you because Apple announced so many cool things. We're going to talk about it today. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host, Travis M.C. P. I just say space travel. So close. I, nice. To, all right. Anyway. I don't know what oh, I was going Look at it's this. All right. Look at it's this. fine. It's I'm going to pre-record everything. No more live. No more live. No we're more. we're not live? doing it live. We're not doing it live. How about that, Travis? How about that? No. I think yeah. this could be the last time that song ever plays on GadgetCast if everything we have planned goes right. Because I am going to make a request. I will. This What's time. That? What's that? I'm going to ask for a new song from You Know Who. I don't know who. who. Oh, you don't know who? No. Why would I, I know who? who? I know who from yourself? No. Who does songs for us? No one does songs for us. We did Someone our own songs. might do a song for us. If well, I you, oh, oh, oh. Well, listen, here's the thing. We can just go ahead and talk a little bit about this because okay. I think it's interesting. I know um, it's a secret. Well, no, it's not a secret this time. So, well, because it didn't exist uh, 12 hours ago. So, uh, I still don't I, think it exists. I'm still like, I, know, I kind of feel the same way. So, actually, I'll go from the beginning. This is parts that you don't even really know because I was actually going to tell you, but I might as well just tell you part of it here. Um, so Jonathan Moore, so last time Greg and I met in California a couple months back, Whoa. there was something that we did that we wanted to um, we wanted to share with GadgetCast. We were super excited. We actually got to sit down and, and do a really nice in-depth interview with Jonathan Morrison. It was about 20 minutes long. And we went over things that were not even tech-related, which made me love that interview. Like we were talking about life and like just so many good things. I mean, we also talked about tech. But we talked about a lot of really interesting things. And uh, unfortunately, apparently, one this was, a, by the way, it was like a multi-camera setup. It was way more fancy than what we do on YouTube. So much so that Greg and I were looking at each other like, do we need this? But then when you saw, like, how cool it looked, you were kind of like, yeah, sure, we need this. Yeah. Well, turns out we didn't need this because one of the cameras, and of course it was the most important camera, the one aiming at Jonathan Morrison, was out of focus for the entire 20 minutes. So we've never been able to share that interview. <clears throat> I asked just for the audio, just for the audio listeners. But um, Jonathan has always, since that day, has been wanting to make up for it by doing it again. It was a very rushed interview because literally <laughs> we had to catch our flight. And I'm not joking when I say the, after the last question was asked, we were out of the actual building in less than 60 seconds. I mean, we were running. True or not? Yes, uh, totally true. And uh, I had the Travis actually had some extra time <laughs> to make his flight, but I was yeah. like, I was the <laughs> one who was like, uh, okay, guys, I got it. I got to go. We, we got to end this. And the thing is, I knew that you were getting kind of nervous during the last part of the interview, but you also totally. knew, you knew it was good. So I knew that like you wanted to say something, but you couldn't say something. It was so in the, funny. In the back of my head, I was already like, well, okay, I guess I can try and schedule another night here and uh you know rebook yeah. this flight but you made it i did make it anyway so uh jonathan been texting me we, we've been texting back and forth for a little while and a couple of weeks back you know he said hey i want to get you guys back out here and um you know redo it and then you guys can do other cool stuff there i love that area <clears throat> i love the area that he's in 
And mm-hmm. uh, I know Greg and I had a great time hanging out last time. And we actually had planned to go this week, a, a months and months ago. But communication kind of there was a communication just kerfuffle where I we stopped chatting with each other. We stopped de- texting. And I, I'm not blaming anyone because Jonathan is super busy. I mean, I'm not that busy. Jonathan is super busy. He had a lot of stuff going on. So what was it? Yesterday morning or this morning? I, I can't. Was it this morning or yesterday morning? I think it was yesterday morning. Um, I get a random text. He's like, hey, I'm still around. And I'm like, you know, this is weeks later. I had completely forgotten about it. I had given up on it, whatever. And he said, hey, you know, I still want to do that thing. And I said, okay, well, I have to talk to Greg about it. And we always, Greg and I mostly talk when we do the podcast, really not a whole bunch other than that. So I said, okay, when do you want to do it? Uh, you know, and then I didn't hear from him again. <laughs> like that was the end of the text that we went like four or five backs. And then it was the last thing I said, and then I didn't hear from him again until this morning when it went from zero to 60. And while I was just waiting for dates, he would be available. He was like, you should come this week. And I'm like, oh. Well, in my mind, I'm like, can I even make that work? I'm supposed to have my gallbladder surgery next week. I have a doctor's appointment this week, all these things, right? And I'm thinking, oh, Greg, there's no way Greg's going to make it. <laughs> Greg is too regimented to have something come up last second. There's just no way. So I texted uh, I texted Greg, and we, are, we have tentatively agreed to go this week. Uh, meet again, which will be great. I love, I love hanging out with Greg, so I, I'm looking forward to that. It won't be as long this time. Um, and hang out with Jonathan, um, perhaps redo that that one um, thing we were did at Gadgetcast, but then also be in his video, which is kind of exciting for me. I've never been in one of his videos. I know you have. Yeah, I have. So not, no, you're not, as, not, <laughs> <laughs> not that exciting for me. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a fun time. So, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, we may be going there, Gadgetcast in person again. You never know. So keep an eye and ear out for that. So that's exciting. So that's one of the reasons why we're getting off uh, for the people that are here live listening. That's why we're getting off early because we literally need to figure this out. <laughs> We're talking like three days from now that we, we <laughs> and we neither one of us had this plan. But the reason why this is such a big deal is because the M1 Ultra and Max and all the other things, the M the studio has dropped. And I know you have some things uh, to think about that. And of course, the what the display. I know you have mm-hmm. lots of thoughts. We're going to skip the SE and the Air for now because I think there's so hey, much to. We can skip the SE and the Air because I literally like haven't even used them at all. Like I oh just like gosh. open them like now and I, I really haven't played with them yet. That's Dude, how what busy color, I've been. By the way, what color in the Air did you get? Blue. Does it look nice as it does in all yeah, the other videos? It's like the it's like the Air they released last time and they said it was blue and it looked like silver. It's like this looks yeah. awful. This yeah. one actually looks blue. It's so nice. You should not oh. see it. You'll probably be like, I want that. I would I would want that's a thing that I would want just because yeah. of the color. Please don't do that. I'm kind of wondering how the purple looks because the blue's so saturated now. And I had I got the mini in purple and I didn't like it because it yeah. just did not look that purple. I'm yeah. kind of curious to go into like the Apple store and look at all the colors and see like are they all saturated like that or just the blue? Yeah, that I'm curious too because I but listen, it, I, I I'm a sucker for blue. Yeah, no, what they did with the color, at least on the blue, uh, is exactly what I want them to do with the last models because they were way too muted before. Uh, but yeah, that blue yeah. is, it's very nice. It is super good looking. Yeah. So, um, okay, uh, let's talk about it. You you got, what did you get in? Because I know you ordered a bunch of stuff. I, apparently not as much as Luke Miani though. Jeez Ooh, Louise. Um, but what did you get in and what have you actually been playing with? <laughs> should I tell my gadget? Should I tell the story on gadget casts? Because probably. All right. Why not? I guess so. What, what, else, what else do I have the podcast for? Exactly. I'll give you the I'll give you the whole story. Uh, so I ordered um, a base model 
Mac Studio. I figured, I, you know, I looked at all the models, like I said, on GadgetCast, and I went, you know what? This model is probably the one that I could recommend to most people, so I feel like I should get it and test it out. And then uh, I ordered a Mac Studio for myself that would be uh, an M1 Ultra variant and all that stuff. That Ultra variant that I ordered did not come in yet, so I have not been able to test out the Ultra chip like all these other people. I don't know why mine got so delayed. I ordered it like the second it went up, went online. <laughs> I think I ordered that before the base model even. So that's probably coming sometime this week. So I can't talk about the ultra performance quite yet. Um, but uh, so here's the thing, Travis. I kind of had like an ordering situation <clears throat> with you where I ordered too many things. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, the day of, like before I, I ordered this, I like to do a store pickup because I don't want to wait around for delivery all day. You know, I want to I want to go ahead, get it in the morning, start making the videos, all that stuff. And when you did the orders for the Mac Studio, they were not allowing any in-store pickup. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll have to wait for the order. The morning of, I checked the Apple store and they said uh, that they had them available in store. And I was like, oh, they got the Mac Studio available in store. So I ran over to the Apple store after putting in an order in and I go into the store. I like, I, I and I put it a pickup for, so here's what I got picked up at the Apple store. Tell me if this sounds weird. Ready? Okay. An iPhone SE, an iPad Air, <laughs> a Mac Studio, and a studio display. If you were working at the Apple store and you saw someone come in with these four items ordered, <laughs> what would you think? What would I you would, think? I would think one of a couple things. Either if you're at a if you're at an Apple store that sees a lot of YouTubers, you're a YouTuber, or that it's for family members, which each is a different person. Okay. So I I go up, you know, I talk to the person and I go up to the other person, and it's just like very awkward. They're like each person I talk to went, Oh, you're getting everything? Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. And I get up to the person I'm finally supposed to like go talk to. It's like, okay. Oh, you're getting everything? Oh, wow. Wow, you're lucky. All right. <laughs> uh, what's this for? No, oh, it's for, you know, like business. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, you have a business account with us? Yeah, I literally got that. Okay, we're going to talk about that. I no. literally was asked that the other day. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Keep going. No. Oh, well, you need to have a business account with us. Hold on. Let me call yes. some guys over, right? I didn't even get to say no. I didn't even get to say no. I want to get my products, go home, and start I'm unboxing everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm being roped into this situation where these people are coming over to like talk about business. I'm just trying to get out of this store with this transaction and leave. And it's like, it's almost like I didn't, like, I just couldn't say no because it was like, oh, oh you, you should talk to these people. Hold on uh, while I ring up your order. And I was like, okay, let me just talk to these people real quick. And then I'm just waiting there while, every, while I'm waiting for these people and the questions start getting a little more specific. What do you do? Uh, um, uh, you know, I uh, I do I do, uh, I do video production. There you go. Oh wow! On what? <laughs> um, same conversation. Um, <clears throat> Apple products, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's really awkward. I tried to like be as generic as possible, and then I got to be like really specific. Where I'm like, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. I do all this stuff. Blah blah blah. Right. Right. Uh, but anyway, then like these people come over with like a business thing that I mm. I don't want the business account, 
And they're like coming over, like give me all this information. Like, oh, it's going to be great for your, but they're so nice that I'm just like, I'm like too deep into this. Like I can't say no. And like all of a sudden I walk out of there and it's like, and now I have like a, a business account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that actually kind of happened to me just the other day when I went to go get the, um, the new color case for my iPhone 13 Pro Max, which matches the actual iPhone 13, right? Yeah. So it's the blue, right? So I go in there and I pay because it's, youtuber things i use my my business credit card and the same thing oh do you have a business account with us no oh you should probably get one because it does this 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 and this and i'm like all right that's cool that's cool and and he goes what do you do business with what do you what do you do i'm like oh here we go and you know what normally i would be very cagey about it. i just i just stress i do youtube oh really about what about apple products and stuff. oh that's cool and then there wasn't a whole they, i didn't get held hostage I didn't get held hostage because I already have that stuff. I don't think what, so what's the, and it's someone in the chat said they also got asked to do business. Maybe this is a new, uh, I think it is totally a new initiative because they were saying like how they were like trying to sign people up for this. Mm -hmm. And it seems to just be like a new question that they had within, uh, their arsenal. Like I've never been asked that before. Like, Oh, are you a business? Like I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. A, and I thought he was just asking me because of like the weird amount of products that I ordered. Like if it was right. just like any other interaction, I would just be like, no, it's for me. But right. just because it was like a weird amount of products, I'm like, oh, this guy's a little cute. Yeah, it's for business. Yeah. And then, yeah, then yeah. it turned into like a sales pitch. I was like, oh, OK. And then uh, I got like the email like saying like, we need, a, we need a little bit more information about your business. And I'm just like, I'm not answering that. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. I don't know what the benefits are. Maybe I should look into it, but I really don't think I I asked the guy, what are the benefits of this? And it's nothing interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's anything, right? It's like nothing interesting. I don't want to like mess with like my Apple account and like my Apple account all of a sudden is like a business account and then like something happens in the future and it's like, I don't want that intertwined with anything. So I don't want to mess anything up. I've seen like horror stories of like accounts get mixed up and all this stuff. I'm keeping the way things are working now. Everything's working great. I don't need Apple keeping extra tabs on me, okay? I'll yeah, Raphael says he, that's why I told him personal, but I, I had no choice. My credit card's a business credit card, and it says right on it. So <laughs> Are you business? No. Yeah. L- no. That's I, no, no right. <laughs> yeah, that's the question I don't want to answer. I so, know. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, next time I just be like, I'm not interested. Not interested. That just is so products. funny. I'm just going to say, next time someone asks me something like that, I'm just going to answer, not interested. That's funny. So not you got the M1 Studio. Uh, uh, what, what, yeah. what do you think so far? And it's base oh. model, so it's the Pro, right? Uh, the Max. So the base oh, model actually comes with the Max chip, which is nice. Um, yeah, no, listen. Uh, this is a product that is kind of boring when you think about it because it's a box that has a computer chip inside of it. It's like a big a big Mac Mini. Like If you like the Mac Mini and you need more power with it, this is basically the Mac Studio. And there's kind of like not too many surprises because I already have a MacBook Pro with the Max chip, so I kind of already know what the performance is like. Um, but it's just kind of like using the form factor. I feel like I had like a lot more fun testing out the new display. I feel like that was like what I was interacting with. And that's where uh, most of the things where I was like really trying something new out. Um, but the the Mac Studio itself is uh, it's good. I think it's like a really solid um, computer. I like how small it is. I like all the ports on it. Um, I like uh, having the SD card right on the front. I tweeted this today. I, for some reason, like uh, this is like the most satisfying like SD card slot I've ever used. It's like you like push it in, and like there's this like very satisfying like click, like this like thud when you like push it in. And uh, I was just like, oh wow. 
Uh, my MacBook Pro doesn't even do that. That's that's interesting. I wonder like what's different like with how they constructed that. I guess it's just so much thicker and so much more stable uh, that it's like creating like this sound. Um, but yeah, it performs really well. I think this is like an obvious choice to get if you just need a powerful Mac. And if you compare it against the laptop, if you don't need to be portable, if you're just mostly working in a stationary setting. I know so many people, Travis, that like come up to me and go, Oh, I, you know, I usually get a MacBook, but it's, you know, I just plug it into a display and it's docked there. I'm like, why'd you get a MacBook? Like you could get a better <laughs> option for, for something there uh, and uh, something that's going to be more, you know, cheaper in the long run. And that's exactly what this kind of is at this point, at least my model, because I don't have the Ultra yet to test, is this is a cheaper MacBook Pro Max. Mm -hmm. um, like the way I put it in uh, my videos, I said, if you went out and got the base model 14-inch MacBook Pro, that's $2,000, and it starts with a Pro chip and 16 gigabytes of memory. When you buy this base model for $2,000, it already has the Max chip inside of it, and it has 32 gigabytes of memory and uh, the 512 gigabyte drive. So actually, for a base model Apple product, I'm usually so used to being like, you know what, this base model, maybe skip it. I feel like I could just really recommend this as a desktop. You got It's a desktop. You have all the ports back there. Even with the with the storage on the 512, I think it's a little too low. But hey, it's a desktop. You can just have it sit there, plug in a big external drive into it. You're never really going to move it, and it's going to work out well. It is it is cool to just see like these form factors with Apple Silicon. I really want to try the Ultra because that's like the new uh, newness with it. Um, but it's cool that like you get like this small desktop that really does have this much power. I know people are going to compare it against PC desktop towers with like a dedicated graphics card. But like when you actually see the size of this and like realize like this thing has so much power packed into it and it's just this tiny little thing that sits next to your monitor. It is really cool. Um, then uh, the studio display. That's that's my favorite so far. And I'm getting a lot of flack for it. <clears throat> Well, let's talk about that separately. So, uh, Luke Miani's done a pretty cool oh yes yes bunch of tests on um, the the difference between like the Max and the Ultra and stuff. And it seems like in some very real instances, there's not as much difference between them. Of course, in what I always kind of complain about um, benchmarks, there's a difference, but the benchmarks aren't something that you're doing every day. You do it once just to kind of get an idea of the performance, and then try it in real life and realize that the differences that you see in the benchmark have nothing to do with reality. So. What we see in, well, things that I'm in, particularly interested in, which would be stuff like uh, video editing and stuff, there's like no real difference um, between that and even, um, I, I wish he had the M1 there. He didn't show the M1. He showed the, like the, I, uh, I, the Pro, the old Pro, iMac Pro, right? And then all the others, the, the, the laptop and then the Ultra and the Max. He showed all those. And for like export time stuff, it was all exactly the same. Like they're almost exactly the same. Um, but in like gaming, there was a little bit of a difference. It basically, it comes down to this. If you have a program that's using GPUs, you will definitely see a difference between like some of these different, um, you know, uh, specs. But depending on what you're doing, you may see no difference between $2,000 and $4,000. It just depends on what you're doing. So um, it, it was really eye-opening to me i was a little shocked by it i just wish that he had put the regular m1 next to the others um it's really weird i'll do that for you i will be your hero yeah because he like because <laughs> here's the thing like he shows the benchmarks and it's like yeah there's a difference and then he literally I mean, does like exports yeah. of videos and they're the same exact thing and i'm like why would i spend two thousand more dollars for that it makes zero sense 
Well, I do want to, you know, point out Renee Ritchie in the chat saying he's seeing a big difference. And uh, it depends on the way that they're running these benchmarks and different things you do. Well, but because, he, his do show a difference in benchmarks. It's just yeah. in reality, there's like, there's not a lot of difference. It's like, but that's, I think, because of single core score, right? That's the big thing. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that the people that would need this type of machine would see the difference. And I'm not. I'm not saying anything negative uh, about like our videos or anything like that. I'm just saying there's a there's there's many different layers to video editing or 3D modeling and all these professional tasks that we do on a daily basis. You know, there's uh, there's so many layers to this that you could be simple, you could be intermediate, and you can get really complex with this stuff. You could be adding uh, tons of color grading, LUTs. Uh, 3d models animations into final cut you could have like you know 15 layers of video and i feel like if you're just having like a pretty simple timeline of video uh and it's like you know three layers a couple of titles stuff like that when you go to export that you're probably not going to see that much of a difference when you go to render that out it's probably going to be very similar for a lot of these machines uh but the minute you start using longer file types you're, you're making like a TV show or a movie and all of a sudden you're dealing with an hour's worth of footage and it's, you know, 4K or 8K and all and all this stuff. And you're adding titles, you're adding multiple layers and you're chopping that footage up over and over again. And you need increased memory bandwidth. I mean, there are people who can utilize this power. And when you're in this format for YouTube, and I know it's hard because this is what we do on a daily basis. So for us, is it really worth the extra money? Probably not. But the minute you go out of the, the standard 15-minute YouTube video, I feel like that's when you'll start pushing this Ultra chip. So it really is the Ultra, at least, and any chip that Apple releases after that, it probably is for another level beyond what, uh, what we would consider as professional in our field of work. I feel like yeah. there's definitely people that can take advantage of these higher chips and sometimes um, when you just do like a simple export, uh, maybe it's not going to be as fast. But, you know, Renee said he sees a difference. But R Renee's videos are pretty complex, I feel like. I feel like Renee has a lot of stuff going on in his video. So maybe that's where you'd see the difference. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, I think it, here's my thought. You should see the difference all the time. It shouldn't be, well, well you, should, you need this. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. No, 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 no. If I'm paying double for something and I see no difference in any but, scenario, yeah. no thank you. But it's not I mean, for you. No, right? I, no, no, I, no, I understand yeah. that. But I'm just saying that if you put double of something, you should see something every single time, not just some of the time. And now that's an oversimplification of the way yes. tech works. I'm totally okay with that oversimplification because they want double the money so I want, if not double the performance, more performance in everything I do, not in this thing with this setup and this, I, no, 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 no. And unless you're going to allow me to take back the money that I think that you have not, uh, you know, afforded, I think that's not worth. Like, in other words, if I give you $4,000, I go, nah, I'm getting $3,000 worth of performance. Can I have my thousand back? Okay, then I'm cool with that. Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. But yeah, but listen, I'm, I, I would love to have one of those things. Uh, I just can't, I can't, 
even though I think for 2000 is probably actually for the, the base base level is probably worth it. And I imagine better in every single way than my uh, M1 iMac, although I love the iMac form factor now. So I don't think I'm leaving <laughs> the iMac form factor. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I assume that there's a good performance difference between those two. Great. Cool. And you're right. I think it's really more for super professionals that have, you know, some maybe television work or, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's great. That's fine. And maybe they'll see the difference. But I'm just surprised that there was ever any kind of situation where you don't see a difference. Yeah. Um, like, I'll say for me, I used the M1 for a while. And uh, I was pretty happy with the performance there. I was really impressed by the M1. Yeah. Um, but I will say I did eventually hit a wall. Uh, I, you know, the 16 gigabytes of memory, I think, specifically, there were longer projects that I was working on where I would just hit a wall. Now, it wasn't anything like, I cannot finish this video. It would just be like a little beach ball. You wait a little bit, renders out, save. It, it swaps between the hard drive and the memory, whatever. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I can't do my job. But there were slowdowns that it, I kind of didn't want to deal with. So when I switched over to the, the Max and I got more memory on it, I basically have not hit a wall since. So I think when I get the Ultra, I'm probably not going to run up against any walls, at least in my workloads. Yeah. But I'm sure there are people who are way more talented than me uh, doing some crazy stuff out there that, uh, you know, the Max just isn't enough for them. It, it's a wall. And what they got to go is for the Ultra. And there's, there's going to be people who buy the Ultra and they're going to hit a wall. It's not enough yeah. for them. Maybe they, they need the Mac Pro that's even more powerful. So Which, it's hard when you're dealing with this because Apple is a very... I feel like, especially for like the past couple of years uh, with Apple's computer strategy, it, is, it has just been catering towards uh, consumer, consumer level. Like, you know, like, the, like the 2016 MacBook Pro is like so thin. It was like made for like a consumer, not necessarily like a super pro user. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like Apple discontinuing the bigger iMac, making this smaller Mac Studio, um, and then also releasing a Mac Pro on it. It's almost like they kind of recognize the desktop market isn't for the average, you know, everyday person. Mm -hmm. Like uh, your parents aren't going out and buying like a Mac studio <laughs> to like use as their computer, but they need to cater more to the people who are actually using these products to do all sorts of different types of tasks. You know, we always focus on video editing and all this stuff, right. um, but there's other things that you would need more complex graphics for, which is where I think these chips are really kind of hitting it with the extra GPU cores. And that would be in like 3D modeling. I think the big problem for these chips is a lot of the tests I always see is in gaming specifically or in applications that aren't taking full advantage of the silicon yet. Um, I, I read, uh, I, think, I think it was The Verge's review, and they did two GPU tests, and... I was kind of upset with that review. I kind of felt like that wasn't enough for a publication their size because in the review, they did these GPU tests and they were both, I think they tested like Tomb Raider for graphics. Now, if you're an average person and you, and you read that they tested Tomb Raider and you see them compared against the 3090, which is what Apple did, and you see these scores being much lower, you would go, oh, th they lied about the GPU. This GPU stinks. But what The Verge really didn't tell you in that in that video review, at least, uh, was that Tomb Raider is not optimized for Apple Silicon. It is running yeah. 
through a translation layer. It's running through Rosetta. It is not native to Apple Silicon. It cannot take full advantage of all those GPU cores. So it's a very unfair test to put on Apple Silicon. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. We talked about this in last GadgetCast. It's unfortunate that Apple uh, does not have a really strong position in the gaming market, and none of these games are really optimized for Mac. And on top of that, they're not optimized for Apple Silicon. It's it's like it's double bad. They weren't optimized for Mac to begin with when they were running on Intel, and now they aren't even they're even less optimized for Apple Silicon. So a, a lot of the things that people do, and something that's very easy to test with GPU is gaming because so many people game compared to doing like 3D modeling work, that if you look at these scores for benchmarks in a game, you're gonna walk away extremely disappointed. And you're going to, you're going to walk away with the conclusion that, hey, Apple lied. They, they showed these charts that said it was just as powerful as a 3090 at 200 watts less power, and mm -hmm. it's nowhere near that. Well, yeah, for certain situations, it's not. But again, we have to, we have to again think about this. So number one, um, a lot of the stuff, like you said, are, you know, is going through a translation layer. Number two, and what is most impressive to me, is the power usage is substantially less than the other things. If Apple could show, if Apple could, let's say, I don't know how many watts like a 3090 will, will pull. I know it's like, it's a bunch. <clears throat> Imagine, and also it's discrete. It's not doing anything else. It's just doing GPU stuff. Like they're putting all this stuff on one chip. <laughs> I think people are losing track of the fact that this thing is still ridiculously amazing. Forget about the fact that it can do what used to be called SLI back in the day. You're basically taking two of these things and smashing them together. Um, it, it's doing a lot for what it's what it is, and it's doing it at a at a performance per watt that's kind of insane. So I'm I'm excited about what it is. I'm really perplexed what the pro could be. Like, what are they really doing per, with a pro? Like, how can it be more powerful than this? Because it has to be substantially more powerful than this right if it's going to be the pro and they haven't even showed like you would think the ultra would be the pro so and then what do they call the what do they call what's more than ultra do they put two ultras together and call it the ultra pro ultra pro you, that's a good name is, it? is it ultra pro <laughs> or the pro ultra i should hire you the ultra max i feel like yeah the ultra pro max um yeah. is that what the next thing is the m1 ultra pro max i i don't know um but the fact that they have something still left up their sleeve is kind of interesting. So I, I listen, I'm, I'm still impressed by what it is. I, I, it's not that I am unimpressed, but I'm not at all. I was a little surprised that in some instances it wasn't as performant in certain situations that I thought it would be, but you know, I could just be my expectation being incorrect and that's fine. Uh, I think but, it's, yeah. I think it is that feeling of, um, they just nailed the first two chips so well uh, that you thought, oh, with this, wow, you know, the video is going to export instantly or something like that. Something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it can't magically get that much. There are there is such a thing called diminishing returns. Yes. And with the ultra, depending on your workflow, um, I, I think it's fair to say for most people in the world you're you're gonna see diminishing returns if you're not hitting the ceiling of the max chip there's no reason to get the ultra right just, there isn't right you know only stupid people like me would get the ultra but honestly i'm pretty sure i'm gonna say hey <laughs> hey <laughs> consider your purchase do you need 128 gigabytes of memory you don't okay 
You know, do you need 20 CPU cores? Are you doing something? Are you are you running? Uh, you know, I don't even know. What, what would you need that many CPU cores for? Rendering out video while running multiple different uh what do you call those virtualizations and all this other stuff? Like there's people that definitely do all these crazy things that can take advantage of this stuff or people who need more memory or whatever. Uh, but it really reaches a point where very few people can take advantage of these chips. And the funny part is even fewer people take advantage of what's next after this. Yeah. I, and I, look, I'm very interested in when we will see it uh, and what it will be. Yeah, I do agree with you, though. I do feel like with every other chip we've seen Apple debut, we've all been like, ooh, wow, that was amazing. I feel like this Ultra kind of like landed with a dud of like, huh, that's it, huh? <laughs> well, I, I think I think when it was announced, it was the opposite. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I mean, I mean, with the reviews, like the reviews yeah. kind of they proved it out, right? Like they're like, right. yes, it's this much faster. This is amazing. This MacBook Pro is faster than my Mac Pro and it's not mm -hmm. making a sound. And then when you put that kind of into a desktop, maybe it's almost less impressive mm. because there are desktop machines out there that can compete with the Ultra. And yeah. in a desktop machine, you're kind of, you know, I, I'm still impressed by it, but I feel like most people maybe are less impressed with the fact that it doesn't take as much power that maybe the fan isn't spinning up as much. Uh, there's there's not like those battery life constraints to work with with a desktop. So if you compare what is basically like two or three Mac minis stacked on top of each other up to a full size desktop tower that is like taking up your entire table or like the bottom portion of your floor, <laughs> you still kind of have to be impressed with the performance that they're getting out of that size. Mm -hmm. But some people don't don't care about that they don't admire it they're just like right. who cares if it's a big desktop i got the space for it i don't care i if it's not more powerful i don't care yeah I, and i get that again i am still overwhelmingly impressed with uh even the m1 let alone where we are today i think where we are today is pretty phenomenal considering that they haven't even gone to m2 we really thought we would have seen m2 by now um, and it sounds like the the base m series is going to be for um for just regular consumers like you're not going to have like that's just never a thing i think my favorite thing with apple the apple silicon transition so far is just how good the base level consumer chips were yeah like the fact that you could pretty much like if they release the m2 and it can go up to 32 gigabytes of memory i think like almost like every youtuber on the planet could buy an m2 with 32 gigabytes of memory mm -hmm. and be fine and the fact that you could do that in a form factor like the macbook air I think we like quickly forget Forgot about that, it. Yeah. yeah, we forget that like if you bought that old Intel MacBook Air and tried to do your YouTube job on it, you'd be tearing your hair out because it would be so <laughs> frustrating to use. And we're kind of spoiled with uh, these M1 chips in our iPads and in our, in our MacBook Airs that we're just kind of like, all right, can you uh, do more than that? And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like we get so used to technology so quickly, it feels like. But uh, I try and remember what it's like back in the uh, dark Intel days where your MacBook would heat up rendering a video and the fans would be whirling. And all of a sudden they can take the fan out of it. And it's like, it's one of the most, it's probably like the most performant Ultrabook you can buy on the market. It's really impressive yeah. on the lower end. You see a 100%. lot of those benefits on the lower end. Yeah, and I think, you know, this will hopefully push forward the industry, uh, even more. I mean, it's it's forcing the industry forward. Um, and I, I mean, I would hope just, so. 
Yeah. Did you see this discussion of like, and I think me and you both agree, like, would Apple sell this to other people? I think me and right. you we both talked about this no, last right? week. Yeah, we talked about this last week. There's no reason for them to do so. Uh, although there are plenty of reasons to do it. Like, I actually think it's a good idea if they would do. Uh, they I, won't, but yeah. I think it's a good idea. The only thing I could possibly see, and I, and I hope they do this because it's the only thing I could see them do, uh, and I think it would actually be really good for like the planet. I would love to be. I would love to see them go. We will do, do this for servers. We will make mm -hmm. these very efficient chips that take way less power, and it's going to cost you way less money to run. And yep. uh, we will sell that to you. I yes. would love to see that. Like, it's never going to be in a Windows PC, but if you put those into like servers, I'm sure like Amazon, like with AWS, would be like. We could run all this at this much less wattage and save this much money on our electricity bill. Sign us up, Apple. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it. And there's probably just as many reasons not to do it. Um, if you think about the fact that um, it's already optimized for Mac OS and that could give you a new uh, a new gateway into Mac OS in more places, uh, that, that reason in and of itself is more than enough. And But, if, you know. If they got into the server market, <laughs> I know it might be hard deal. because some people might not be willing to adopt to it. Like they might just or adapt. Maybe Apple could uh, make like a special team that helps the teams like integrate fastly if they're really going to do something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, if they went into that market, I just feel like that's a that's a big money making opportunity for them. It as really a is. But <laughs> as we talked about last week, the problem isn't isn't the processor the problem isn't the people whether they, or not it yeah. works it's the people yeah. it's the people in charge that who that it's the people in charge of those decisions that generally speaking aren't super excited about apple a lot of them aren't some of them are but from like a, a desktop standpoint like they'll use iphones but they won't necessarily have anything to do with mac os on their network so that's kind of that's that's a that's a thing they'll never they, they could overcome if they really wanted to, but I don't think they really care. Probably not. All right. Um, listen, Travis, let's talk mm. about uh you done with the M1 Ultra? I think so. Well, I yeah. will have more to go as I'm sure as the weeks. We don't go want on. the show to go long, you know. Can I see? No, right. We have all these things we need to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll talk more about the Mac Studio. I don't even get my M1 Ultra yet, so I definitely we're gonna talk about it. Uh, again, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but the studio display, this this is the, you know, M1 Ultra is fine. Um, I don't really think this release generated that much controversy for like a Mac product. This studio display, though, if you want the controversy, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is it. the most controversial product, um, which so is strange weird. to me in a way. Yeah. Um, why, I even why? had... I even had someone like retweet me today and say my opinion was a joke. And I was like, huh. <laughs> well, I do that anyway. You could do that. But yeah. this person was like, you, you're a random a person. Like, no, it was someone who makes YouTube videos. Who, oh. I, like their, I like their videos. And they like said, what? like, this is a joke. What did you say that they said was a joke? Because I now I want to see this. I want to bring up the tea. Hold on. Bring up the um, tea. Uh, who is this person? <clears throat> what type of shenanigans is this? You know, oh, wait, should I name the person? I want to name yeah. the person. It's on Twitter. It's public. What do you mean? Of course. Uh, all right. It's uh, Siobhan. You know oh okay. Is? Oh yeah, I, I, vaguely, vaguely, yeah. vaguely. Yeah. Um, he, what was your what was your tweet? So I I was I, it was an educational video because mm -hmm. I made uh, I'm gonna talk about studio display in a second. I'll just start with the controversy. I made a video saying how much I like this display. I acknowledged in my video it's an expensive monitor. I acknowledge that. I, I'm like okay, sixteen hundred dollars. That's a lot of money, but I like this monitor. I can't help it. It's my 
It's my opinion. It's one of the reasons why Travis likes the iMac is because he looks at it and goes, man, this is so nicely designed. I want to go yeah. use this thing. Hold on. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's how I am with the studio display. I'm like, I look yeah. at it. I'm like, what a beautiful, what a beautiful monitor. I want to go, I want to go look at it. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of controversy in my video where um, people are just reading specs on their monitors. And they, a lot of comments in my thing was, I have a PC monitor that is $400 and 4K and it does HDR. And I, uh, Jonathan Morrison was tweeting about this all day too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, your PC monitor doesn't really do HDR. It's not true HDR. At $400, there's no monitor you're getting that's hitting uh, the required brightness for HDR. Now, I, I was trying to explain some of my videos, different HDR certifications, right? There's like HDR 400, 600, HDR 1000, all these different things. And I tried to explain that anything that's really below HDR 1000 uh, isn't like the true like max HDR. I think like the studio display, it's right at 600 nits. Someone did like a, a test and they said it actually goes up to like 670 nits. So it's actually closer to like a 700 nit display. It's a very bright display. It's eye searing and it will actually play back HDR content. It's mm -hmm. not like mini LED. It doesn't have the local dimming zones, which is really important for HDR because that gives you the contrast ratio and then you can hit peak brightness in other areas. It's it's very it's very confusing if someone's brands HDR on their monitor. Uh, so I, I was trying to explain that in the video saying like, okay, a lot of these things, they're cheaper and they'll just say they're HDR when they, when they really aren't because they can. They can put that on there. People will go, oh, it's HDR. Let me buy it. And I showed an example of a BenQ monitor I have for gaming. It's like a $400 4K monitor. They literally stamp HDR right on top of it. And this thing gets like 300 nits max brightness. It's not a bright display. It's very dim. And if you go into YouTube to play back HDR video on this monitor, YouTube doesn't even give you the option. They're not even pretending. Like you can't access HDR on the monitor. And on the studio display, you actually can play back HDR content on it and because it can get um, pretty bright. Uh, so I explained that and I just got hit back with... Uh, that doesn't mean they should sell a $1,600 monitor in 2022 with 2019 hardware. What a joke. So. I well, I mean, they say the same thing about the iPhone SE. I think that much like anything, I will repeat myself to the end of time. I think this goes for just about everything. The problem isn't what Apple or, or Samsung or whatever is selling something at. That isn't the problem. It isn't a problem that they're selling an iPhone SE that looks like the iPhone 8 from a billion years ago. That's not the problem. It's not the problem that they're using LCD screens and charging all this money for it. It's not a problem that this monitor is $1,600 and you look around and things are less expensive that have a better spec on paper. That's not the problem. The problem is people buying it because like any business, if you don't buy it, they won't make it. So to complain about something ignores that there is already a market for this product. And not only do they not care that you think it's not worth their money, they actually think the opposite. And in the case of Apple, who's done all the research, they know there's a market for this. Now, should it have better specs? I don't know, because here's the thing, and I've said this before too, the, some of their products that are like last generation LCDs and stuff actually look better than 
some of the products that are higher spec things, because I've looked, remember when I got that, that MacBook Air and I'm like, why does this screen look so good? It's just an LCD screen. It's nothing special. It looks really good. I was incredibly impressed with that screen. And it's because they're using like the, high, the, the highest quality, whatever the heck, I don't know, whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. And it could be some software things and whatever, but they're doing those things. So if people stop buying the things that they're making, then they will go and go for the highest spec rather than what is actually important. And what happens when you sit in front of that device? Numbers on a sheet mean very little compared to what you actually experience. And I've seen both sides of you know, the argument of like, yeah, they should do this and maybe they should, and maybe they shouldn't charge as much as they did for this, I guess. But if they're going to pay for it again, if someone buys it, they're going to sell it for that. Why? If you owned a business and you could sell a Twinkie for $600 and source it for a dollar 50, are you saying that you wouldn't, I would wait until people stop paying $600 for the Twinkie and then start charging <laughs> 500 and then 400 and then 300. And then I'll find them when people start buying 300. I'm going to keep selling them at 300 people forget business. And, and by the way, Apple is not a charity. So why should they hit your expectations when there's people out there that are super happy with the expectations that are being met? Now, to the tech side of things, when they do release, you know, something that's hopefully lower priced with mini LEDs and local dimming zones and a thousand nits of brightness, and it's $20,000, at least you have the option. At least you can't complain about it. But the other thing about this is I've been using HDR and Dolby Vision displays for years, years. Atmos I've been using for so long that it would twist your brain how long I've been doing Dolby Atmos stuff. It would twist your brain. Here's the reality of HDR and Dolby Vision. I have like an OLED in there and I've had my OLEDs and stuff and it looks incredible. I have two HDR screens and maybe they're not HDR or whatever. The, 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 the number that they're talking about, 1,000 nits, is, a, is a, a measure of brightness. Allegedly, none of the things I have hit that. I don't know if it's true or not. They, they probably don't. There are scenes in different movies and games and stuff that are too bright for me to look at. And if it's not at 1,000, I don't care. I don't want to see 1,000. I would like to keep <laughs> my eyes. So for me, it's HDR because it looks beautiful. There's a great contrast and it looks good. And if it goes brighter than that, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want it. You haven't seen how bright I watched a movie the other day on my big 77 inch OLED piece of loveliness. They shined a flashlight in the television. I had to turn away. <laughs> I don't want it brighter than that. Why would I want it? What the hell's wrong with people? Greg, where's the common sense? I, I'm not going to say I don't want it brighter. I'll take brighter, I think. I don't think I've... You're going to uh, go blind then. That's fine. I have, I, have, I have an OLED TV just like you, and I really like it. The The, the power of OLED is it's uh, self-illuminating pixels. So the reason why that flashlight can look so bright, even though the OLED monitors actually don't get that bright, is because the pixels around them can go to perfect black zero you know there's yeah. there's no there's no backlight there yeah so when that backlight shines and you're you're looking at a dark screen all of a sudden you see light your eyes your eyes adjust right your eyes adjust to light yeah. you're like oh geez yeah. <laughs> like, who yeah. wants that so, who wants so, that? <laughs> so uh yeah but um that's, you, that's you, what wait you oh i know why you want this i now just remembered something about you 
I just remembered something about you from our California trip. I know now why Greg wants the brightness that's going to hurt his eyes because he likes to eat super spicy food. So he likes that pain oh, that's thing. That you like super ridiculous spicy stuff. You told stories about how the Nothing lady was spicy enough for me. Yeah. Wasn't spicy enough. She thought you were lying. So she brought you oh. the most spicy thing and you were like, mm, it's okay. And you try to play it off. But I mean, listen, I was sitting there when you ate some spicy stuff and you didn't seem to care. So, I mean, obviously it's true. You're not lying. But that's why you want it. Unless you're a masochist like Greg. I don't I I don't know if I want it, right? I don't know if I want it. I just know here's what I know, Travis. I know right, what a know. good display is. I've yes. I have been complaining on gadget. Go listen to previous gadget cast and I go, Travis, go, Travis, I'm having a problem. I want like a monitor for my computer. Yeah. And I'm thinking about buying like an LG OLED TV, but they're kind of like a little big. I'm waiting for like this 42 inch model to come out. Every other monitor I've kind of looked at, I don't like how it looks. So listen, I'm not like, I'm not saying like, I'm not like going to, oh, it's an Apple display. Like, yeah, it's good. Like I literally have been looking at displays for like this market because Apple did not make the display. And even though I spent a thousand dollars on that stand, I'm not spending $5,000 for the monitor. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. sorry. It was too expensive for me. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> believe me when I say that I have been looking for a solution for my Apple computers for a very, 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 very long time. Apple releases the solution that I wanted. I buy it. I look at the display and I go, it's a gorgeous display. It is very similar to the 5K iMac display. And you may say, that's an old panel. Oh, they released that a long time ago. I don't want that. Have you ever seen that 5K panel? It is beautiful. It's a great looking LCD panel. Um, I have never seen, I, I don't know. I, I, I really can't think of a PC monitor that I've looked at that has better image quality than that 5K iMac. I really can't. And I'm sure you've heard this term before. Do you know what the panel lottery is? I think so. Like where you randomly could get something that looks better than something else. There the is same. something called the panel lottery. People cover this all the time with like devices. I think Erica Griffin, uh, she's like a YouTuber. She's like, like literally returned like 10 different Nintendo switches because the panels on them were bad. And she was looking for the right panel. That was correct. The reason why a lot of these Apple panels are so like pricey in a way is because Apple factory calibrates the panels when, when they ship them off, they are so consistent. You could get one uh, studio display, another studio display, another studio display. They probably all look the same when you unbox them and take them out. That is not the same for any, really any other panels out there, unless you're buying like super expensive color panels. Maybe even then, I really don't know because I, I have no experience with them. But I know if you buy even like these OLED TVs, which I, I rave about, I love my LG OLED TV. It has a beautiful picture. Uh, there is... There is like this thing where you go on, uh, it's a great site, Rate it, R-T-I-N-G-S or something like that. They like do like display reviews and they will talk about, yeah, depending on the panel, it might look this way. And yeah. here are the settings you should change to make yep. it look like this. So yep. I feel like with any Apple display that I've got, whether that's in my MacBook, my iMacs, this new studio display, I take it out of the box and I don't go, huh, this looks a little off. I feel like everything looks really good right out of the box. And I found that consistency to be really important. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the panel lottery. I don't want to buy something and wonder, was this the cheap display that they put into this product because they're mass producing it and they don't really care about the quality of it and it's just going to, I get the bad one and I need to buy this uh, spider co color calibrator and set that up and change it in my different lighting situations and all that stuff. So all I can do is review the product 
as I see it. And I looked at it and I went, this is a really nice looking display. Is it expensive at 1600? Yeah. I'm not, I said that in my review, I, this is expensive. Am I willing to pay that expense to get the experience I wanted? And it, you, you hook it up to the MacBook. The display has auto brightness. You know, it does all the things that a Mac display would do. Am I willing to pay the premium for that? Yes. Am I willing to pay more money for a display that looks nice? Yes. Am I willing to pay more money for a display that actually has decent inbuilt speakers? I, I will say one thing about the PC monitor. I don't think this is an outrageous claim to make. Half the time you buy a PC monitor, they don't have inbuilt speakers. The other half of the time, they might as well have not had inbuilt speakers because they sound like the worst thing you've ever heard in your entire life. I'm not saying these the studio display is better than a nice pair of $100 dedicated speakers, whatever. I put it on. I thought it sounded really, really excellent for what they were. For inbuilt speakers on a monitor, um, they sound really impressive. So... Everything about this monitor so far, with the exception of the webcam, this webcam <laughs> stinks. I don't know what mm -hmm. happened. Apple said there's like a software update for it that maybe they'll fix it. It's like the center stage webcam that's in the iPad. It's kind of strange how it's like not as good as that. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think half the problem with the webcam too is that you really notice how bad it is because it's a 5K panel taking a 1080p webcam and then mm. center stage, if you know how that technology works, it's a 1080p ultra wide. Yeah. And then they crop in on you. So when you're cropped in, it's not 1080p. It's probably closer to something like maybe 720p. So mm. what you're getting is a 720p webcam feed blown up on a 5K panel. It looks really uh, grainy and lack of detail. Apple said there's a software update that might fix some things. Maybe that's true. But I kind of feel like the end result of that fix is still not going to, it's not going to be amazing. It's, I just feel like there's a science where this webcam will never look amazing. It's On an weird. IPad, it will. Because it's, it's weird. smaller. It, 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 they were in the going the right direction with their webcams, it seemed like, for the last couple yeah. of products. And then all of a sudden, this sits in the middle of it, and it's kind of like, what, what happened? I really, think, I really think it's the monitor size and the resolution. And if you're looking on it at a 12.9-inch iPad, which is the biggest it can get, I don't think you're going to notice the imperfections of your webcam in a small window. Well, but, but, but I mean, I've seen some videos where the quality after the fact is is not good regardless of what you're watching it on like even forget about watching it on your yeah your monitor but like the actual video quality itself doesn't even seem to match for some reason i'm not really sure why i felt like they were going in the right direction this feels like a half step back so it's kind of i don't know it does look worse than you would think it would oh i don't know it, de it definitely looks worse and i think it should and there's yeah. so much sensor noise around like the human subject so mm -hmm. i guess i'm inclined to believe that there is some sort of bug here but I'm also saying, I think the end result of whatever they fix, I still feel like it's not going to be amazing. It'll be passable, like it'll be a webcam, but I really don't think it's going to be um, like amazing picture quality, you know, which yeah. is maybe what you might have expected for the price point. I, I would, it, you know, the funny thing about it is I feel like if they really wanted to fix this as an issue for webcams, they could. I don't feel like they take it seriously enough. And people might disagree with me, but when you look at like what they're able to do with other devices, when they go after like the back camera on the iPhone, especially the video quality it is incredible at times, like just incredible. 
Like, I feel like if they really wanted to make it the best webcam that's out there, period, end of story, they could. But I don't think they care enough. I think they just want it to kind of work. I, I will also say from a value perspective of... Um, so I had a lot of people in the comments saying, for $1,600, it should be this, that, and this. And everything they listed is doesn't exist on the market. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, they're like, it should be mini LED for $1,600. I don't think there's a mini LED PC monitor out right now at 1600. I know there's one that's coming out. That's like, I think it's like quantum dot OLED, which sounds really, it was like $1,300. It's not out yet. I'm, I'm very interested to see that. That sounds amazing. Quantum dot like OLED technology that I want to see. Uh, but I looked at like a mini LED 28 inch display from like a PC manufacturer and it's $3,000. So this, the, the, the $3,000 monitor that would have this technology from Apple is not what they should have released at this time. They already have a premium monitor option. It's $5,000. They need it to hit whatever yeah. they're, you know, again, it's going to be expensive because Apple, they're not going to ship like the black PC monitor that connects to an Apple display. You can right. already buy that, right? They're going to make something a little bit more special than that. So I think this is the, I wish this product was like 1300. I feel like that would probably alleviate a lot of the complaints. Um, Cause I, I really think the main headache for me is the add-ons like spending $400 for a height adjustable stand. That is kind of a ripoff. Like, let's yeah. be honest with that. Um, the nano texture stuff, that's actually more interesting because I know that was like a really premium option on their other displays. Like you had to spend like a thousand dollar add on uh, on the uh, pro display. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Morrison raves about that, by the way. I wonder if he'll yeah. have one uh, when we go to see him. Um, yeah. But on this, it's actually like I think it's like a three hundred dollar add on. So I wonder how that looks like. Like that's like a pretty big price decrease from where they had it, where it was like a thousand dollar to a three hundred dollar add on. I wonder if they cheapened out that process after manufacturing it on the uh, pro display. And then the other thing I'll say real quick is the I, I was looking at the specs of the pro display again, and it's really funny because that doesn't have a webcam and it doesn't have speakers. Yeah, like Ironic. it's funny, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think they just assumed that in a pro display, like a real pro situation, you're not going to be using a webcam very often yeah. and you're definitely not going to be using speakers. So fair enough. Anyway, um, we uh, Greg and I have some things to figure out to see if we're actually going to California this week. So we have to leave uh, now. Uh, no aftercast today because again what we talked about in the beginning of the podcast we appreciate everyone who came on through and uh, gary everyday dad said that for the money uh, spent on that particular uh, monitor he would expect you greg to come over your house and film his web conferences for him which i think could be worked out yeah all right oh. anyway <laughs> he's greg and i'm travis and this is gadget cast